holy crap, you guys are never going to believe this. It's me. And if you don't know who I am, you're missing out. I'm Scott, <laughs> your co-host. And with me today, I am so excited to announce for the first time, is Aunt Lindsay. Oh, it's so true. I am an auntie now, and it's the best thing that's ever happened to anyone. I'm so excited about well, my Congratulations. Congratulations to Lindsay's sister and her husband and little Mira. That's awesome. She's so perfect. I love her so much. And she's currently enjoying her first viewing of Harry Potter. Um, and we were just saying, I, I told that. my sister she's not allowed to watch after <laughs> she turns four when she can yep. start absorbing it. <laughs> but she there, recognizes names and faces and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's what? over. Then that's not allowed. Uh-huh. But yeah, they're, so, uh, they're watching now in the hospital on their way home. So yes, very excited to be Aunt Lindsay today. Very excited to have Scott back with us today. I know. I took a little break. Didn't want to, didn't want to ruin anything for uh wheel of time, but I'm glad to, I'm glad to be back. I, uh, I miss talking to my microphone and you listening <laughs> to it. Well, I missed, I missed having you with me, even though we did have Ben, which was great um, mm-hmm. to fill in for the Wheel of Time primer. And, uh, and yeah, if you guys haven't checked that out, make sure that you do this week. The Wheel of Time premieres on Friday, November 19th for the first three episodes. So everything yep. you need to know before then is in our primer episode. And speaking of just because it's supposed to be how ha- and it's a very exciting today is just like a really exciting day. And I'm actually glad that we it did is. this today instead of yesterday. Um. Today, in prom- I think about like 30 minutes, I don't know what time, but yeah, in about 30 minutes, we're getting the second Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. Yep. And, and I'm going to be good. Drop. I know. I'm going to be good, and I'm not going to watch it till after we're done recording, but you better believe the minute we're done recording, I'm, I'm, fun- I'm looking that shit up. I'm like, maybe um, we should just watch together in the Discord. <laughs> we I think so. Yet as soon as it's over, I think we should. I think so. Um, but sorry, guys. Like, there is a point to this episode. Today... It's 1981, and we're discussing the very first in a trilogy, because I don't include the fourth, of one of the greatest archaeological cinematic characters ever created. Indiana Jones, but the film is itself Raiders of the Lost Ark. How many uh, archaeological protagonists are there other than Oh my god, Laura Laura Croft, Croft, uh, uh, Dr. Hammond uh, from Jurassic Park. Oh, oh, yeah, that's true. I'm sure there's other people, but I, I I'm just a little like the, the big ones. The dude with the keys from E.T. I don't know if he's an archaeologist. I don't know that he's a protagonist. Mm. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, he's an antagonist. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> I got that vocab. In any yeah. case, it is 1981. It is time for Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, which... Yay. Yay. Cool. 80s stuff. We're continuing down the 80s train and mm-hmm. it feels like it's been slow to get started in the 80s because we've just had like other stuff has. going on. Yeah, we've had a lot happening. Yeah. I'm glad we got the Eternals in there and I'm glad we got the primer in there, but we do For need sure. some timeline love. We do. We need to pull out the tempad and, and head back to, to, the, to 1981 when Reagan was inaugurated. Mm-hmm. Um probably remembered by more people this was the year of charles and diana's wedding so hell yeah yeah we all just got treated to that on the crown it was awesome um sandra day o'connor becomes the first woman to serve on the u.s supreme court yeah i think a lot of people don't realize that it was her and not ruth bader ginsburg i mean wasn't ruth bader ginsburg like 
two years later or something like that? I don't know when she was added, but I know that she was. She was there for a long time. I think she did serve with O'Connor. Yeah. Um, in, in random news, this was the year that the lean cuisine frozen dinners were first introduced of which I had one the other night. And I was like, "Mm, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) like that of all the things that like we have on here for like random shit, that's probably one of my favorite. Yeah. I think this one's right up there with me with, um, the, the year of the Chia pet. Which I can't oh my god, yeah, the Chia Pet. That was I think awesome. that was 77 when we had so many movies going on. Yeah. The four um, episode stretch of 77. Yeah. Where we were desperate to find different things that happened that year that we mm-hmm. hadn't already talked about. Um, and and the DeLorean debuted this year, which yeah. apropos of we are gonna do Back to the Future. So mm-hmm. apropos of that. Another Oscar... perfect trilogy. This is not perfect, by the way. I'm not referring to this, I'm referring to Star Wars. Oh, I was like, oh god. <laughs> No, this is not a perfect trilogy. I'm going to disappoint the fuck out of you right now. Are you ready for something? You've never seen Temple of Doom? Oh, no, I've seen all the Indiana Jones movies. Oh, okay, thank God. Yeah, no, I've seen all the Indiana Jones movies. I haven't seen all of the Back to the Future movies. Oh, dude, I'm so excited to hear you say that. I So, honestly, I've only seen the second one and the third one, like, two times each. Okay, so, so I don't remember up, long if... I've seen the first, like the original Back to the Future. I do not recall. Don't like, remember it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I have, but like this is not a lot of these old eighties movies. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I'm yeah. So maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. I have some random ass blind spots though as we go through the timeline. I'm like, yeah, I don't really know Back to the Future, but I'm ready to do it. I'm aware of the yep. DeLorean. Um uh, the main character of the movie. So good that you know that. <laughs> Hey, I know I knew a name. That's something. It's true. Right? It's true. You did. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> after reading it. Yeah, after it's written in front of me. Uh-huh. Um, Oscar winner this year was Ordinary People, which I haven't seen. I'm aware of it though. Have you seen it? I'm aware of it, but uh, it I couldn't I couldn't tell you anything about it. Yeah, I'm like all right. So glossing right over that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> that eventually that category will become interesting. Pertinent. Yeah. And if it doesn't, I'm going to leave it on there anyway. It's just a forever yeah. joke of like, and I don't know why this is here. Um, top grossing movie. This, this is a category that continues to blow me away a little bit. I know. Like, what the fuck? So Superman two, which, which I get. Movie. Yeah. Like I get, I get why that is one of the top grossers, but the great Muppet caper made more movie money than this. Like Raiders oh, yeah. was 14th. What the fuck? Yeah, it was. It, people didn't like know what this movie was. They didn't know what to expect. And you have to remember. And I'll jump into like the most fun fact about this movie. This was the first ever PG 13 movie. The MPAA actually had to make a new rating for this movie. Yeah, and I, as I was watching it, I was like, okay, so which are the things that caused this? And I'm like, it's the it's ending. the face melting off at the <laughs> <Yeah>. end, right? <laughs> the ending, the the burn mark in his hand. Um, there, there isn't too much cursing in this, but there's enough to warrant more than a PG rating, I think. And yeah. just like bad it's symbolism. Just... There's just terrible yeah. symbolism in this. Yeah. 
And it's just kind of adult. Like, it, it mm-hmm. really is like, yeah, this feels like a PG-13 movie. Much more than, like, Empire, even though, you know, Luke lost his hand and all that shit. And, like, there were some adult themes in that. And there's, you know, Harrison Ford being Harrison Ford and all yeah. the things. But so despite, like, I feel like there's, this movie has a lot in common with Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, which Empire came out in 1980. That's why it's okay. I'm like, wait, why isn't that the top grossing movie? Okay, yeah. No, we were already past that by now. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't remember if that was still 81 or if that had been 80. So that makes sense. But but I think it has a lot in common with that movie. And yet, this does feel more PG 13 to me than anything we've done so far. Like, I kind of get it. Like, Mm -hmm. going through it this way in the timeline, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. I can see why they did that for this. This is like, this is different. Yeah, definitely. And Um, like, one final shout out I want to give for like top grossing movies like it, number three that the in 1981 was a movie called Cannonball Run which is one of my favorite comedies of all time and I'm it, aware of it but haven't seen it and I oh my god dude, but I love that for you I quote this with my mom and my dad all the fucking time if you ever have a free like hour and a half to spare I highly recommend watching this movie it is so it's basically about people racing from one end of the country to the other end and like they're breaking the law they have to find a car that's like a good cover for them so that they don't get stopped like one team is in a fucking lambo it's like a racing lambo but it's just painted to look like a street car it goes like 225 miles an hour or some shit but the main characters driving an ambulance and they have their lights on all the time (laughs) and they're like no one's gonna stop an ambulance and then like 20 minutes into the race they get stopped Is it so it's kind of like an amazing race kind of thing? Yes, very much so. And it's Don Bluth. There's so many people in this. Don Bluth, um, Burt Reynolds, Vera Fawcett. As an an actor? Yes, as an actor. (laughs) Okay. Dude, Roger Moore (laughs) as James Bond. So that's the best part. Roger Moore plays a guy obsessed with Roger Moore (laughs) who thinks he's James Bond. What is this movie? Dude, it's so fucking funny. I I highly recommend it. I will Any have to hoodles. check it out. Yeah. Um <laughs> Okay, so I was really excited about this next bit. So a couple episodes ago, when was it? Star Wars, I think. I think it's when we've been talking about maybe no, you know it might have been the Muppet movie. Um and we were talking yes. about Disney, like the elusive, not Disney, Disney ride. And we were like Mm -hmm. Muppets and Star Tours. And I can't think of anything else. Right. Right. Fucking Indiana Jones, man. Like Lucas and Spielberg. We're like, yeah, Mm -hmm. let's get in the Disney parks. I mean, that that right there, I just want to point out. It's the kind of like synergy and like let's get along fucking like human kindness nature that Sony and Disney need to fucking work out. We don't even know what's going to happen. Like, they could be best friends by now. I swear before God, if we don't have another Dude. Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland in it, I'm kidding. I just, anyway, I just, that was one of my major takeaways thinking about this. I was like, yeah, Spielberg mm-hmm. and Lucas really knew how to, like, work with Disney and say, look, we don't have a park. You have a park. Would you like to have Indiana Jones in your yeah. park? <laughs> you know, and, like, not make a scene about it. Like, I'm sure they got paid. Great. Sony's getting fucking paid. I just, anyway, I'm no, and like, and that's the thing too. Like, this ride wasn't didn't even come into Disneyland Anaheim until like the late nineties. Really? Yeah, and I remember. I actually remember when it came out when it first opened. 
I can't remember what year it was. I think it might've been 97 or 98. They gave you these little cards that had a, an ancient alphabet written on the cards and you had to find things inside the ride that spelled certain things out, like turn left here for the idol or turn left here or don't go down this path or whatever. And it was really fucking cool. And I let, I kept that card for a really long time to write like secret messages. It was basically just stuff like, I hate my sister and whatever. Oh, Amanda. (laughs) I was eight. (laughs) (laughs) But I really wish I still had that card because they were so cool. And they only gave them out for the people who were, like there for the first like month or so when the ride opened up. But now ironically enough, and this, I, I don't really know if this is a fun fact or just like a really disappointing thing. There is no ride at Disneyland Anaheim that has broken down more than Indiana Jones. It is almost, really? yeah, it is broken down. I think like 30% of a month. That's wild. Yeah. I'm trying to look up like when it came to Florida and I mean, I've only been looking at it for as long as you just were talking, but mm-hmm. I can't find that information because I don't think this is the stunt spectacular. This is the adventure ride. And I'm like, did it close in Florida? Did I did I hallucinate riding this ride in like the early 90s? I I don't know, man. So Indiana Jones, the ride itself is called Indiana Jones Adventure Temple of the Forbidden mm-hmm. Eye. And it actually opened in 95. I just looked it up. In Florida or in Anaheim? No, it's not in Florida. It's only a Disneyland park. All right. So I hallucinated it or all right. I'm going to have to like think about that separately. Hold on. I can tell you right now. I'm looking at oh, the Wikipedia. Oh, okay, here it is. So the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular closed with the rest of the Walt Disney World Resort back in March 2020 and has yet to reopen. However, it is it is believed that the Indiana Jones ride will be modified upon reopen. Which has actually happened to the, Anna, the Anaheim ride multiple times. When the ride first came out and you got to the part where you were on the bridge overlooking like supposedly the lava and shit. There were flamethrowers that shot fire up on either end of the car. And then someone fucking complained that the fire was too close. And so Disney's like, all right, we're going to turn that off. And it <laughs> definitely, like, it's so dumb because it definitely like ruins a huge part of the movie because flamethrowers are supposed to be flying up on either side of the fucking uh, idol's face. And then the bridge drops down and you get the amazing John Williams score. And you're like, holy shit, this is amazing. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. But someone had to be a fucking Karen even back in the nineties. And <sighs> any hoodles. It's so, it's really strange because like, I remember the boulder and the ride and stuff when yep. I was little. And so now I'm like, wait, did someone take me to Anaheim? And like, I don't, I didn't realize. It's very possible. That seems like maybe what happened. And I just mm-hmm. like, am, who fucking knows? I will, ha- I'll, I'll check with, uh, with the fam and, and report back. I know everyone's really eager to find out whether I hallucinate. I am this. actually very eager because that means that you have, you have experienced it, but it may be like a different one or you didn't experience it for a while. It, you know, I feel like we went to Anaheim once when I was really little, and I'm wondering if that's, like, what I'm remembering. And then, obviously, mm. like, I went to Anaheim a bunch when I was older and wrote this ride. So, I'm like, I don't I don't know, but I really like this ride. I think it's fun that it's, like, a dark ride, but, like, an adventure thing at the same time. It's kind of 
there aren't yeah. that many rides like that at Disney. So no, and the car like moves back and forth, and you have like the fucking blow darts and shit blowing air at you. Yeah, and then you it's go around so the corner, cool. and there's a big ass fucking cobra that tries to come down and bite you, and it's my favorite fucking part <laughs> in the ride. Oh my god, it's oh, I love that ride. Oh my god. Well, the last last section here is uh, sequels, to which I say yes. I'm- yes. There are three. There are. There Technically, are there should only be two. And ironically enough, this is one of those those like sagas of movies where the third one is the best one. First of all, Temple of Doom really isn't a bad movie. It's just boring. And honestly, it's kind of annoying. Temple of Doom is the middle movie, yeah. And then, yeah, that's the uh, one where they go to India and uh, it's all about them stopping like a cult or some shit. I Isn't honestly don't Indy's dad part of that or something? That's, that's uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. That's the one that ah. Sean Connery plays his dad. And it's right, the greatest right, right, right. thing ever created by human beings. Well, I look forward to finding out if I agree because I remembered precious little from this. Um, you want to hit us with a plot summary here and we'll get into it? Oh my God, I would. <clears throat> Arriving by map in 1936, we are introduced to legendary archaeologist and part-time professor Dr. Indiana Jones, who was hired by the U.S. government to uncover and take possession of the fabled Ark of the Covenant, before a rival archaeologist and his Nazi pals do all while tiptoeing over the long-lost but still smoldering love paradox set to shake Indy's resolve to the core. I like how you describe it as arriving by map, which is something I noticed and was really happy yep. about. I'm really glad that you picked that up because it was like <laughs> the funniest way I could have worded that, and I was really excited about it. Well, I have a whole section of my notes that I titled Let's Travel by Map. So yeah, like I'm like, yeah. Yeah, traveling by map is an excellent way to arrive. <laughs> Good. Fucking love the Muppets. Um, all right, Scott, hit me with your always your expertise on on the music and this stuff. So once again, we're treated to the magical majesty that is John Williams, who works quite often with um George Lucas. If you notice, there are a lot of composers who work with specific directors, a la Tim Burton always has Danny Elfman with him. Uh, fucking, was it Ridley Scott always has, uh, shit, what is his name? Um, Steve Jablonski. Uh, and then George Lucas and Steven Spielberg, because they're bestest of friends, uh, always have John Williams. They're always with John Williams. And this is another movie that, another like, series of movies where john williams was like (laughs) so i was approached by steven spielberg and i was told to make this song and he's like you just need to make it adventurous and he's like i'm gonna make this a fucking banger and he (laughs) made what is now called the raiders march and it's the indiana jones theme song and i don't care if you've only seen one of them maybe you've never even seen them at all everybody knows the indiana jones theme song everybody knows the indiana jones theme song yeah even if you don't know that that's what it is, right? Like, I bet you there's people who are, like, younger today who maybe weren't mm-hmm. around for this, who don't, you know, who recognized it. Like, it's just, yeah. Well, and here's the other thing about it, too, is every composer has this, like, love for something. Something you can pick out who they are from a crowd. Like, Hans Zimmer loves bass, and he loves drums. So, like, you could pick out, like... The Inception score. Well, I can. I don't know how the regular, like, everyday movie goes, but, but <laughs> or, you can pick me, out, like, well, know. yeah, that's true. Um, you could, I, like, I can pick out, like, oh, that's from Inception. Oh, that's from The Dark Knight. 
And it's the same with John Williams. And a very like common thing that he does is his love themes all sound very, very similar. Now that is something that I picked up on. And that's mm. in my like important question section was just wait, when they're getting sexy on the boat, like that is yep. Luke and Leia's theme for the first couple notes. And then it changes, very I, much. I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, they are very, very similar. It's, or sorry, Han and Leia. <laughs> did you say Luke and Leia? Yeah, I did. Oh, I didn't catch that. That's so That funny. was an interesting Freudian slip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my good God. God. But yeah, I did, I did notice that. And I am not as musically inclined as you are for sure. And But I noticed that one too. And we did just watch Empire. That's um, fair. Yeah. But for sure, he was pulling that out from... Uh, from 77 right because we we actually talked about this on the empire episode that mm -hmm. there's a whole lot more imperial march than there is the kind of romantic themes yeah. that we heard in star wars so yeah he totally pulled this out from a new hope because <laughs> oh it's yeah like absolutely and it's also harrison ford and it's just very deja vu yeah and it's it's well so and by this time harrison ford was 43 so dude i had to look that up too i know also i don't know if a lot of people know this or not um, Harrison Ford doesn't watch any of the movies he's in. I did he know is, that. He has never seen any of the movies that he's ever starred in. And I'm not talking just like Star Wars or Indiana Jones. Like, he's never watched Clear and Present Danger or fucking Air Force One. I almost said Con Air. I don't know why. He's I would have enjoyed that. it if you did. I know. I, I feel like he is one of the most sort of... He's, he's, it's just weird. You know what I mean? Like everything that I hear about him as a human, not that it's totally weird not to watch your own stuff. I think a lot of yeah. people do that, but just like him as a human is just an oddball. Everything about him. He like hates the movies that he does. It's I like know. he hates being there all the time. He seems so unhappy, but he's great. And it's just like, what happened, man? Like I seriously, he, well, okay. So know. this movie actually starts a trend of him getting constantly hurt on set. I I think maybe a combination of that with like the incredible stardom that he had from mm -hmm. being Han Solo and Indiana Jones. Like that's yeah. really kind of a lot in terms of uh, longevity of your character recognition, let's say. Like yeah. that's a long time to carry those two torches and like to still be doing it. Like I get that he might be tired of that at this point. But he's, yeah. he's, he seems like he's tired of it while he's filming this. You know while he's mean? doing it, right? Like, he's like, all right, I'll sign on for this. Fuck, I hate this. Like, <laughs> like he wanted to die in Empire? Like, what? He did, yeah. He didn't want to come back. And that was actually, and I think I did talk about it in Empire. That was the only way he would come back for Force Awakens. He was like, I'm coming back, but you're going to kill me. Yeah, but I have to die. It's, yeah. I mean, but... You know, for for as little as he perhaps wants to be doing any of this, he does a great job of it. He and does. the first thing I thought when I was watching this movie, which it has been a long time, guys, like this is not something that I've seen in the last 20 or so years. Like these aren't my favorites, but I saw yeah. them a lot growing up, like in tandem with Star Wars. Right. Um, but Star Wars, I like continued to be a fan of this. I like, kind of I never even saw the the fourth one, but. Oh, Crystal Skull. Yeah. yeah. And my opening thought on this was like, okay, nerd alert. What the fuck? Yeah. And I love it. It's so yep. hot. But like what he's like, they super downplay the fact that Indiana Jones is a doctor. Like in the beginning of this movie, he's just oh, like, yeah. he's like teaching class. And yeah. like, he's, <laughs> he's a complete dude. And to use your word because I love it. And I love hearing it when you say it, but he is a complete smoke show. 
Hundred percent. It is dude, a total smoke show, and he has no idea. He's just like when she blinks and her name is—I can't remember what's written on her eyelids, but oh, I don't remember what it is. Shit. Is it her name, or does it say like "Call me"? I feel I like think it, it says "Call me" or "I love you" or something like that. Yeah, I think it might have said "I love you." Or, <laughs> he takes or like call a me. double take, and he's just like, "What the fuck?" He has no idea what's going on, and he's just like, I mean, I would totally sign up for his class, too, and just stare yep. at him, right, if that's your professor. And also, I do think we have found another um, another occupation similar to Archer, which I consider consider to be an occupation for the character yep. that applies to. Uh, archaeologist, also always sexy. Like, it's mm -hmm. him and Laura Croft, like we said him, before, right? Laura that's Croft, Nathan Drake, uh, The Rock from Jumanji. Oh yeah, yeah, totally the rock from Jumanji. Yeah. Not maybe so much Dr. What's his face from Jurassic Park, but uh, you know. Oh, well, Dr. actually Hammond. the but not no, Hammond, but, but the younger ones. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, actually just kidding. Ian Malcolm. Oh, Ian Malcolm, that's no, uh, Ian Malcolm's Jeff the mathematician. Um the archaeologists are uh, Dr. Grant and Dr. Sutler. God, I am so good. You are, and I am not. And I was like going to try and go for, for Sattler's real name because she's really famous and I love her a lot. Laura Dern. Laura Dern. Thank you. Um, yeah. All archaeologists, sexy as fuck. So we have confirmed that now. We have two occupations now that yep. are, it's impossible not to look good when you're doing them, I guess. It's so true. It's so true. <laughs> but I love that he's all like, he has his he has his nerdy blackboard and like he kind of doesn't know what's going on. But like we see him in the introduction of this movie, which has to be the most iconic movie opener ever. Right? Oh, yeah. And he really open. had to outrun that ball. He did it like 10 times. And that ball is oh made God. of fiberglass. OK, so pass. He, that would run you down, right? Like, Oh, yeah. He definitely oh, had yeah. in the the trip he does at the end that what he legitimately tripped. That was not scripted. He just was so fucking tired from shooting that. And Steven Spielberg was like, that looked great. Let's keep that in. Damn. I mean that. So I guess maybe he didn't totally hate being there. Dedication or also mm, the beginning sure. of him hating being everywhere. I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, fuck it. Maybe whatever. that too. Do it again. But I do really like how he has this juxtaposition of being this like nerdy little bastard that like doesn't mm -hmm. even understand why all the girls signed up for his class. Like he right. so has no self-awareness and he's like supposed to be in his early 40s and he's just, you know, but then he just like whoops out, whips out a handgun like wicked casually. I'm like, what? Yeah. Um, I'm actually super excited to get to that part because it's it's just a like miscellaneous fact or whatever about the movie. But there are a lot of like really random things that were ad-libbed that's the word i'm looking for there were a lot of things that were ad-libbed and um improv in this movie like a ton of stuff and him whipping the the gun out is actually one of those things wait but like how when there have to be like a prop gun like how did he just pull that out well he always had that yeah he always had the gun on him as part of his outfit but so he was like insanely sick that day and they have oh, been shooting in the sun. I misunderstood which part you were talking about. My bad. I'm going to let you finish that story. But for clarity, I was thinking about when he pulls it out the first time before he gets, before oh. we travel by map, when he's like packing and he's like, don't worry, I got it covered. And I was like, weren't you just like a clueless? Oh, yeah, three yeah, seconds yeah. ago? What the fuck is this handgun? Go on though. You're talking about the scene <laughs> in the bazaar. Yeah. When he shoots the swordsman in the bazaar, that actually was not scripted. He was he was insanely sick that day, and he was supposed to fight this guy and win the sword, and everybody was supposed to be like, oh, I love you. But he was like, I'm so fucking done with this. 
And after the guy does his little spins and flourishes, Indy just pulls the gun out and shoots him. And the the actor like went with it. My and God. The, all of the people just picked the sword up and they're like, yeah. And he like went to the next scene and Steven Spielberg was like, that's fucking amazing. We're keeping that. I mean, it was amazing, right? Yeah. I, I loved that bit. That was probably my favorite part of the movie. So, oh, yeah. but yeah, you can really see how, how little Harrison Ford really wants any of this. <laughs> like, I know it's so bonkers. <laughs> uh, it just, yeah. The, so while we're on the subject of like bonkers things, I know we did kind of touch on it earlier with the PG 13 rating, but there, there had to be so many parents that just did not see the end of this movie coming. I didn't see the end of this movie coming yeah. and I've seen this movie. <laughs> I know. And I feel, I feel like it was the Deadpool of their day. You know, you had a bunch of yeah. parents like, oh, superhero movie and it's ryan reynolds and he's so funny and they took him to they took their kids to this superhero movie i don't know why rated <laughs> r didn't hit them. yeah it was a legitimate thing like ryan reynolds even dressed up as deadpool and made a fucking commercial talking about don't bring your kids to this or know <laughs> what they're getting into when you bring your kids to this and i it feel like that's how this up. movie was yeah it just so right off the, like, right, even in the beginning, we're treated to this bonkers chase where after he picks up the fertility idol, he throws it to um, the guy across the way, which in the spirit of my love for Spider-Man and the anticipation for this trailer, I do want to let you know, and I don't know if you know this, that's Alfred Molina who plays Doc Ock. Which is wild. I didn't yeah. I didn't realize that until I saw your notes. And also, I just mm -hmm. want to continue to call attention to how much what we really want to talk about is the Spider-Man trailer. Is this Spider-Man trailer, I know. <laughs> um, um, it, it was his first cool, movie though. ever. It's his first acting role. Sh and then, like, Shout out to, he, uh, what's his name, too? Uh, Reese, Jonathan Reese Davies? Gimli. Oh, John Reese Davies. John Reese Davies. I, I knew yeah. one, sort of. Well, mm -hmm. it's a Lord of the Rings one. So anyway, go on. But he's in this. Wait, who is he in John in Lord of the Rings? Gimli. Shut the fuck up. Are you kidding me right now? Dude, I hate myself so bad. And right Treebeard, now. the voice of. Oh, I did. Okay. I didn't know he was the voice of Treebeard because I remember seeing his name. That's you remember ridiculous. seeing his name for Treebeard and not Gimli? Like the, I one don't of the main know. characters. It's, I don't pay attention to the credits. Fuck off. You know everybody's name. I know. I can't. I, yeah. Now, now I'm just calling you out. I'm just gonna. Just... That's fine. No, I I don't know why I didn't know that. That's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> I can't believe He's I didn't know that. Awesome as Gimli with his. Uh, Hell yeah. With the prosthetic that he was allergic to, ruining his fucking face, which is why Gimli always looks so fucked up like he's had his face F burned off yeah because John Reese Davies was allergic to the prosthetic and wore it anyway and anyway good for him what a badass go on sorry Alfred yeah Malina. anyway so <laughs> he makes it across this ridge like a badass grabs his hat because that's important and you find out in uh, Last Crusade where he gets his hat um and then immediately he turns around and we're treated to the most realistic looking wax figure of alfred molina with a fucking spear gate through his his head yeah dude he's just dead there's no if ands or buts and right from there i feel like parents were like oh what the fuck yeah because what movie even apart from like maybe some super serious like i don't know like 
like gangster movies and stuff. I don't know where there's this kind of violence in like a blockbuster, right? Like, see, this yeah, is, I, mean, I mean, obviously this is the first time that happened and it's why it's the first PG-13 movie, but like, fuck man. Like even in, in PG-13 movies today, like heroes, which is ostensibly what indie is, they, mm-hmm. Spider-Man throws people off of, off of buildings, but webs them up. Right. Yep. Because that's what PG-13 fucking looks like. And well, not here. <laughs> now the joke is PG-13 basically just means you can throw one fuck in anywhere you want. And like yeah, Transformers no Age of blood. Extinction did it. Um, And they're like every once in a while movies will do it. Because they have, and they can say shit like two or four times. I don't know who makes the rules. The MPA it really isn't a thing. It's just a bunch of moms that get together and are like, I don't like this. That's the <laughs> It's Mac. Yeah, basically. Mothers Against Canada. <laughs> oh, I was going to say Mothers Against Cinema, but Mac works too. Well, I'm <laughs> just. Canada. Blame Canada. They're not really in a real country anyway. <laughs> oh, that's still. Wait, no, it is on the timeline. I put that on the timeline. It better be on the timeline. I hope people are looking forward to us Dude. just like singing. <laughs> I know. I might bring my dad on for that. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just the best. So um, uh, but, but yeah, like I feel like no one was prepared for this. And then the end of the movie, actually, to avoid an R rating, they they had to add fire and like special effects around the guys to mitigate the amount of gore that was being shown. Yeah. Or it would have been a rated R movie. Absolutely, it would have just been a rated R movie. And it yeah. wasn't even the guys exploding, it was Mr. Tote, um, or Mr. Tot literally fucking melting yeah that was what made me take pause like i was like holy fuck this dude's face just melted off and and because it is a uh practical effect like i'm not saying that it looks super believable but all practical effects if done at all well always are more believable to your brain oh yeah right absolutely like it looks good and also i i suspect there's some amount of remaster happening in that scene with like the ghosts and stuff like some of that looks like maybe yeah. it's had some touch up i remember i remember watching it as a kid and not being afraid of it because it just looked goofy and like I, I used to know. think I when I was like, a kid, well I, well, I know, and it's still, it is still a very scary scene. I'm, I'm, I can't lie about that. But when I was a kid, I used to think that the Ark of the Covenant, like, was corrupted by the rats that it was transported next to. Because that's oh. the only part that like doesn't really get explained. Like why it does this? Why it bursts yeah. open and murders everyone? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm gonna be honest with you. By the time we got to this point in the movie, I was starting to lose interest in a big fucking way. So I hadn't even yeah. thought about that. Like, yeah, why does it do this? Like, what's the historical shit around the Ark of the Covenant? Like, what is so, it that Indy wants in this movie exactly? Indy just wants to protect it. So th- in order to understand Indy's motivation, you have to understand Belloc. And Belloc is the other guy that takes the first, the other dude with him. Um, the guy that takes the fertility what? sculpture and let's in the beginning of the movie, the like the, the silver the foxy guy. kind of guy who's like he's a bad yeah. guy, but he's like the nicer bad guy. He's the charismatic, I have Nazi friends guy. Got it, got it. Yeah, go on. He was like the Anderson Cooper of the bad guys, right? Yes, perfect, yeah, fantastic. Exactly. Okay, go on. Um, <laughs> so he takes 
relics and stuff, but he sells them to private collectors. And India's like, dude, this shit belongs in a museum. This is a huge deal. Like, what the fuck? And so that's why he hates, like, hates Belloc. He's got all that integrity. And, well, yeah, he has integrity, and he's the hero. Um, but also, Indy believes in the power of the Ark and like what the Ark was and what it stands for. Belloc just wants it because he's being paid to go after it, and it would be like the single greatest archaeological find in the history of mankind. So what does it, what, what is the Ark of the Covenant? So the Ark of the Covenant was carried by the Hebrews after uh, Moses came down with the Ten Commandments and placed the Ten Commandments inside the Ark of the Covenant. Right. And there they were carried. And over time, the Ark of the Covenant was lost. Right. Um, it was believed to be left in the city of Eskenderun. Um, I mean, or like the present know. city of Eskenderun is where it is now. <laughs> I, don't, but... I don't know where Eskenderun is, but I do recall them mentioning... Yeah, that it was, it's the Ten Commandments situation. That's, I genuinely, I wasn't, I'm not even just trying to cue you up. I'm like, I don't remember. What does that do? <laughs> no, you're good. What fucking is that um, again? <laughs> but that's, that's like, and a lot of this stuff, and this is another one of my, um, oops. Sorry. A lot of this stuff is, um, and it's one of my other little miscellaneous fun facts. I'll, this, there's a lot of historical accuracy in this movie. Like, right down to the stuff that Belloc is wearing. To the actual design of the Ark of the Covenant. Both the design and the Ark of the Covenant were taken, or uh, the design of the Ark and the clothing that Belloc is wearing were taken from the Bible. They were taken from Exodus. But more, I personally, I feel more interesting than that, Hitler really was obsessed with finding religious relics. He was obsessed with the occult. He had entire teams looking for the spear that pierced Christ's. Uh, uh, chest when he was crucified he really was looking for the um cup of christ the the cup to grant everlasting life and there really were that teams. Is that, that the holy grail the holy grail yeah well that's what the last crusade is about right um, yeah right that's right i, I vaguely recall mm -hmm. that see that part i do actually think is kind of like that's a fun setup for a movie right the idea of like oh yeah like the most evil group ever is like, I mean, okay. Yeah. Is like searching for magic. Right. And real talk. It's been done a whole lot because that's what Hydra is. <laughs> just well, to I be know. real. And that's like, Hydra's just, wow. I just put that together. It, it kind of does do that. And then like you have Hellboy, which talks about it, but in Hellboy, there's the entire Nazi science paranormal division. Uh, and that actually in that movie, it does imply that, um, Hitler did get his hands on the spear of long or the spear of Longinus, which is the actual spear that killed or like stabbed Jesus. And it's like his power grew like tenfold. So he really Hitler really was out there looking for this shit. And so it it historically was believable for the time. You know what's now, great though? Hmm. In real life, ostensibly, correct me if I'm wrong, Hitler failed found none of this shit oh 100 yeah, <laughs> yeah he never found anything yeah literally never if he found anything it wasn't really of note or worth mentioning um and then eventually all of the nazi scientists were like this dude's fucking nuts yeah why don't we go to america right now and we'll help you guys and so they did they came over here oppenheimer all of them like yeah they were over here they helped us out and also um, uh to make an an excellent reference. Um, what's his name? Vod, right? 
from the boys. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Huh. All right. You could you even wanted to. You could have just made, said Fastos from Eternals was also there with the Fastos was uh -huh. a member of the Manhattan Project. So uh okay, so this has been super done a lot, I guess is what we just uncovered. Yeah. Cool, neat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I love this concept. Oh yeah, it's been done a thousand times. Yeah. Literally been covered a couple. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, I don't so to go back to our original question, I don't know why the Ark of the Covenant like releases ghosts and melts everybody's faces I, I do not know what happened to it that makes that the outcome here the only kind of context that we get or like context clues is when the two gentlemen from the department of justice are explaining to dr jones like hey we need you to find this um what exactly is the Ark of the Covenant? And then one of the dudes asks, what's this? And it's the lights coming off, or it's like the beams of light coming out of the um, the Ark itself. One of them is like, what is this? And all Indy says is light, fire, I don't know, the wrath of God or something. So that <laughs> sure. is what came out of the, yeah, that's what came out of the Ark. And what I think is really what I, what I love. And it's probably cause it's one of the greatest like closing shots in a film ever is this movie implies that the U S government didn't want to fuck with this. Right. And instead they were like, we're going to lock this shit away so far in the back of a building that no one will even remember. We have it. You want to be disappointed in me? Are you ready for some news? Let's go. Uh, Despite having seen this, like I say, it's been a really long time. So something I've seen a whole hell of a lot more recently than this is the Family Guy episode that rips oh on it. Oh my god! And I With, was like, uh, "Hey, a Family Guy reference!" Like watching this, Jesus I was like, Christ. "Oh yeah, that's in Family Guy." Top men, and then they bury it out in the back. Men. Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. I, that's I immediately. I had. To, I watched it after I watched this movie because I was like, "Yo, that's a Family Guy episode, right?" Like I. And obviously watching Family Guy like didn't know what the reference was because oh I had been because well, I, I haven't seen this since I was like 10. I know that's fair. It's been I'll a long time. Yeah, like it had been a minute when even when that came out since I'd seen this. But uh yeah, so I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that a lot. What I did not enjoy was like the last 34 minutes of this movie, basically. It's yeah. like the longest half an hour of my life. This movie I know. dragged. I saw your note and it, I saw it as I was watching it and I was kind of like, dude, this is really long. Like yeah. the, we didn't, first of all, the number one scene that I would have removed is Indy coming into the tent and finding Marion. He should have yeah. just come in, seen her and then been like, Oh fuck, I can't be here. And then dipped out. Yeah. Or giving her a nod, like, yo, I'm around. It's going to be all right. But yeah. also I can't like come in and have this conversation with you. I could, I could get on board with cutting that. I, what was getting me was just, it was a lot of repetitive practical effect explosions and chase scenes, which cool. Yeah. They looked good on their own. Like, it's not like any of it was bad. It just it was just the same thing over and over and over again. And it went on for fucking ever. And I'm like, I, I appreciate a good action scene. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> like everything else in this world, the ones that I really tend to like are the ones that involve like fantasy elements. And yeah. so yeah, that's fair. Yeah. This is kind of where I'm like, uh-huh. Like where I, I start to 
really, really lose interest. And honestly, by the time that that one Nazi got obliterated by the the plane propeller, like, Oh my God. I was tired by then. I was like, whatever. Like I, I was really, by that point I was like, okay, are we, are we done? Is this over? What's going on? I'm actually really glad you brought that up because this is where behind the scenes stuff kind of started getting loopy and bonkers. George Lucas originally wanted that Nazi to be a robot. What? And like his face, his face peels off and it's like a machine. Yeah. Of course, Lucas wanted that. What the fuck? No, that's dumb. I was honest to God. I was like reminded that Lucas had anything to do with this. This movie usually gets attributed to Spielberg, right? But like, yeah, Lucasfilm made this fucking thing. Yeah. He was a huge part of it. Well, and like they play off of each other all the time. Spielberg and Lucas, like one of the kids is dressed like Yoda in uh, E.T. And then in Uh episode one, there's an entire Senate rotunda seating filled with E.T. species. I had a friend who like, I know that I know both of those things, right. Being Mm -hmm. a nerd, but uh, like, I would know those things, even if I'd never seen those movies. Like I'd like, that's like the shit that nerds know about. Right. But I had a friend who said E.T. was, the thing they were most scared of. Like that was their big fear was E.T. And mine's raptors. But. Uh, raptors. Yeah. That's actually awesome. They're coming for us. Don't you question it. They're hella smart. <laughs> they can open the door. Yeah, they are clever girls. But uh, he was telling me how terrified he was of E.T. And I was like, look, let me let me help you not be scared of E.T. Let me like give you some like, you know, let's turn the lights on on E.T. and show you what it is, right? And I showed him that scene from episode one that he didn't know existed. And it, like, calmed him down significantly. Oh, yeah. He, like, his fear started to resolve. I was like, see, they're at the Senate. He's fine. He's not going to hurt you. He's like a politician. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what's really funny? I think it's really funny that you bring that up. It is another Spielberg movie, so I don't feel too bad taking a break from Raiders to talk about this. But I actually was really fucking scared of et when i was a kid i get why yeah there are two particular scenes that genuinely scared the shit out of me obviously it's the first one when elliot's and i only bring this story up because i love making the noise um but it's when elliot is moving through the inexplicably massive cornfield that's just right behind his house um you know in california right sensibly yeah, but then there's a forest like within biking distance. Where in, the fuck do these kids live? In no way do they live in California. As, oh, having yeah, I know. both of us have lived in California, that is not California. I No, I know. I'm just like, what the fuck? Anyway, so like he's moving through and then like it goes from Elliot's point of view and then from ET moving through the corn towards Elliot's point of view and back and forth and back and it's building tension. And then the light hits ET's face and he goes, and then the kid's just like, wow, what the fuck? (laughs) And then you hear ET like just run away. That scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. But the part that actually freaked me out as I got older was when he waits up for ET in the backyard and he's like sleeping in front of the shed and then he wakes up and E.T. is literally just silhouetted in the fucking doorway. E.T. is scary as shit. Dude, he is. He is actually fucking creepy. And the way he moves is just like I'm like, nope, I don't need that. We don't need that. No one needs that. His horrible neck. I, yeah, Uh, I Yeah. So boner neck. (laughs) So here's something we've actually been meaning to bring up about E.T. Like, I'm like, yeah, we can talk about E.T. for a hot second. So 
we don't have E.T. on the timeline currently for apparently neither of us really cares about this movie. Right. So it's not uh, on yeah. the timeline, but it is a, a beloved movie. So my question to you listeners is, would you like for us to do that? Um, and I'll put it mm-hmm. up on the Instagram at some point in the near future, because when did E.T. come out? Like like we're uh, like in the 80s, obviously. But are we about to blow by it? 1982. Okay, so, so if we're gonna do it. We got to do it soon. <laughs> yeah, so we need to. Um, I will put that on the Instagram, but do let us know if you guys want us to do ET. We will. We will get it on the calendar. Yeah. Um, but currently, there are no plans to do ET. Not there. Like, no, yeah, nowhere no. near there. Um, anyway, bringing us back, I will say that I uh, my attention was brought back to this movie by Harrison Ford stealing a horse. I will say that got me oh, back yeah. from that. I was ju- I was about to be like pretty done after that. That one guy got chopped up by the propeller who was not mm-hmm. an, not a robot, but <laughs> did cause me to lose interest in this movie until Indy stole a horse. And then I was like, oh, you know what? This is all right. It's yep. Yep. Well, and like, I think that's, I don't want to say they, they tried to learn their lesson with Temple of Doom because Temple of Doom doesn't have as anywhere near as many action scenes temple of doom is mostly like weird goofy shit happening and then like a lot of talking and setting stuff up and then the one random action scene and then back to really goofy shit happening and i'm just like this is we don't why but then they got it a hundred percent right in uh the last crusade there's action but there's also romance there's humor there's sean connery there's nazis there's sean connery there's like sean i do remember sean connery being a highlight for me like i'm excited to get there um and see what i think mm because i i remember so little from oh my god i remember everything about that movie you remember everything about everything that's true and everybody's names and also i'm sure you've seen this more recently than me Oh, I watch, uh, I watch The Last Crusade all the time. It's one of my, so it's one of the movies I share with my grandmother. Um, oh, that, that and Tombstone. Shout out to Mamo. <laughs> um, who I don't think listens to this, but whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it'd be dope if she did. I know, it would be pretty dope. She, um, yeah, she was the one who, my, her, her husband, Papa, was the one that showed me Star Wars. And then he passed away when I was three. Uh, and she had Star Wars. She had Indiana Jones. She had Superman. Um, I didn't really watch Tombstone until I was older. But God damn it, I love that movie. I can't say that I know it. I have, Oh my God, seriously, Val Kilmer? I don't think I've Kilmer? seen it. Um, I, you know, my it's parents... It's wider. My parents really, like, for, for not being strict i think if there's anything i made clear talking about my childhood is that i wasn't exactly Mm -hmm. like not allowed to watch stuff right but for all that being the case when i got a little bit older when i was like little when most people were being introduced to this stuff like under 10 let's say yeah like i was i mean i was introduced to indiana jones the same way i was to star wars this was not in my house my house when i was that age my parents just were like I don't know, give them a Disney movie. And and my mom was really like kind of a cinephile. Like, I don't get it. I don't know if she mm-hmm. just like, because she had kids, just never got VHSs of these things and was like going to the theater because she loved the movies. I just, I have no idea why this stuff wasn't in my house, but live action shit in the 80s was not in the Werner home. 
Interesting. I can't explain it. But uh, so, yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff like this and like E.T. Again, I saw with my friend Aaron all this stuff. I saw at Aaron's house. All of yeah. it. And Hook saw at Aaron's house. Never had any of it. So there's a there's a ton that I just like just wasn't introduced to at home to see it a lot of times, you know, and like, I don't know. It was just it was animation fucking central in the Warner house yep. is what it was. That's kind of how my house was but like with every movie so like my friends would come over to watch like everything my dad used to watch this old movie called not old but uh with uh, this old this movie with kevin costner called 13 days it was about the cuban missile crisis and i don't know why but for some reason it was just like a really good movie to me i loved watching it but then my dad set up this fucking dope sound system and so we were watching like Saving Private Ryan out there. Fucking, we watched the scene from uh, episode two, Attack of the Clones, where Django shoots the seismic charges. I think I watched that like a hundred times uh, in one day. But <laughs> I believe that. Yeah, we were the we were the house to watch like anything. I remember we were playing Monopoly with my friends one time, and one of my friends referenced animal house. And to that point I hadn't seen it. And my dad stopped the game and made us watch animal house. That's so funny. That's it. See, yeah. your parents are awesome. Yeah, they're okay. I guess. Um. <laughs> so <laughs> what else do we have on, uh, on this movie to bring us so, back? What else we got? Yeah. My favorite thing about this movie is those snakes were real. There were yeah. over 7,000 snakes. In the Well of Souls scene. But fun fact for you, only the King Cobra that Indy falls right in front of is venomous. And when he falls, there's actually, you can kind of make it out if you're looking close enough. There is a glass between him and the King Cobra. Yeah, I kind of figured there must be. Mm -hmm. There's no way he would have done that shit. Well, um, or if he had, I really get why he doesn't like it very much being true. <laughs> his career. That's very true. I, yeah. I, uh, you could see a lot of rubber snakes and you could mm -hmm. also see a lot of real snakes and yeah, props like they, there are a lot of snakes in that. I wouldn't have been happy about that either personally. Well, no. And the, <laughs> Another like ad libs. I don't know if this is true or not. It's just something I keep reading everywhere. Um, when Indy is climbing up the uh, statue of Anubis, and he finds one of the snakes in Anubis's mouth, which I don't understand how the snake got up there, but whatever. Um, he burns it with the torch and then drops it, and it falls on the Marion's shoulders. Supposedly, she didn't know that was going to happen. And it genuinely did scare the shit out of her. Like her reaction was a hundred percent real. Was it uh wait, is that when she like climbs on top of him or no, because he's up there. with No, her. that's in the beginning okay. when he says, hold on, stay here. I'm going to keep you with the torch. Right. Right. Um, it wasn't a real then, snake though. Was it? No, it was a rubber snake. Okay. He dropped oh, on her, Jesus. but she didn't fucking know that right. she's surrounded by real snakes. I would have flipped out too. I would not yeah. have loved that. And I've, <laughs> couldn't believe like that that wasn't the end of the movie i was like oh yeah yeah snakes we're getting we're getting there we're getting there and then i was like oh yeah. my god we're not there like it's so this movie yeah. keeps going but yeah i i enjoyed the snakes a lot and i also just in general enjoyed marion um 
I, oh, I love Marion. Yeah, really like her. I feel like going forward, we should all just be in the habit of habit of like smashing shot glasses when we run into someone we didn't want to see. Oh my god, I know, dude. I love her. Just break whatever's in your hand. You see your ex, just fucking smash something on the ground. Give stare daggers and see what he does. Like I love that concept. Hell yeah, I'm so about that. She was a badass, and I I really liked how her like. The, like the writing was good, right? Like her drinking ability came around full circle where she tricks. Oh yeah. It actually came in handy. Yeah. She, uh, she tricks Anderson Cooper in the end. Like, right. As I thought that was good. I, I enjoyed yeah. her a lot and I wasn't sure that I would in the beginning of the movie. I was like, she's awesome. Well, is she going to keep being awesome? Like, yeah, pretty much. She did. I liked her a lot. Is she his love interest going forward or probably no. Cause it's like a James Bond thing. So she actually doesn't come back. Bummer. Ever. Um, she comes back in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, the same actress and everything. Um, I'm not going to ruin most of that for you because I would imagine we are going to cover it when we get to that time. I mean, you also can ruin it for me. Uh, yeah, I guess I can. Um, it turns out, I know, (laughs) um, it turns out that, yeah, that day she became pregnant with Indy's kid. And Shia LaBeouf. Oh, who is Shia LaBeouf? Okay, all right. Well, I mean, spoilers. I knew that Shia LaBeouf was supposed to... Well, you know what? I don't know what I knew. It doesn't matter. I enjoy Shia LaBeouf. (laughs) I look forward to seeing that movie. I was, however, not motivated to pay to see it when it came out. And and the South Park episode, I felt like, did it for me. I feel like that was everything I needed to know about that movie. Oh, yeah. That's... (laughs) actually a pretty accurate representation of how everybody left that theater yeah i was like that'll do myself included i get it yeah. <laughs> i get what this is about cheers thanks matt and trey <laughs> yep See, they know they're they're just here to help you they are they are and i appreciate them for it yeah but i'm fully here for it i i feel like the next time that i see an old friend i'm just gonna bust out a shot glass and which is really funny because i have in kind of the spirit of Indiana Jones and his badassery, I have two shot glasses that look like shotgun shells. <laughs> and I kind of want to just carry those around in my golf bag. <laughs> yeah, and if you run into someone on the course you didn't want to, you just fucking slam them on the ground and just Dude, stare yeah. at them and see what they... Honestly, I think this is the way to get out of like awkward run-ins with people. Just smash something and see what that person does. Like, what's their reaction? I'm going to start carrying small bottles of fireball with me. Yeah. I really like that. Just, yeah. A couple of nips, just fucking smash them on the ground. Like I, I enjoyed that from her a lot. And Indy has some mm-hmm. balls continuing to pursue that one. Like I'm like, oh, she's I making herself fucking clear. And also, you know, was into it in the end, I guess. I don't know. I actually had some she questions was. about that. I was like, uh, okay. Well, and again, like it just ends ambiguously. Like he's Fair. by himself. She's not even with him. And then the movie ends with them being like, we're not going to even investigate this thing that just killed an entire platoon of Nazis. We're not fucking with God's power. You know what it seemed like was happening? And actually, I can get down with it entirely. It seems like they had broken up. She was definitely not into it. But they went through like a near-death experience together. And it was like all Mm -hmm. sex appeal and adrenaline. And then they hook up at the end. And then clearly aren't together anymore despite her having his child right like clearly all of that was driven by adrenaline if she like got pregnant oh yeah him again like or maybe she did and harrison ford didn't give a fuck because i'll tell you indy was kind of a bad boy a little bit with her he kind of was not at home as dr jones the archaeology nerd (laughs) yeah really inconsistent and i was okay with it because i kind of 
I was, it was fine. And I, I was like, I don't care. I don't need that to be consistent. I like nerdy archaeologist indie Dr. Jones. I prefer that. Just give me that. I don't care if it's inconsistent. I mean, yeah, that's that's fair. And then, well, so like in the second in Temple of Doom, the his love interest is Kate Capshaw. Her name is Willie Scott. Um, and she's like a club singer in some bar in China or something, Singapore or something. I can't remember where he is. And then in King, uh, Raiders of the Lost, or not Raiders of the Lost, sorry, um, the last, Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade, he is, or his love interest is a Nazi scientist named, um, Elsa. It's Nazis again. Yeah, the second one is about uh, Nazis. Are they all about the Nazis? Second one is, no, the second one is about a cult. And then the third one is about the Nazis trying to find the Holy Grail. And then, like, isn't the fourth one about Nazis, too, somehow? No, the fourth one's about Russians. Because it's during, ah. it's it takes place during the 70s. Ah, okay. Right, or 50s. Tracks. Sorry, it takes place during the 50s. So when the Red Scare was going on and all that shit. Right, okay. That tracks. Mm-hmm. Sure. So... But then King of the Crystal Skull comes back out. Kate Blanchett looks awesome as the villain. And then it's like, hey, we have a love interest. Oh, it's Marion. You've seen her before. I like her. I look forward to watching this. Uh, isn't it about aliens somehow also? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. yeah. It's, about them fi- it's about them finding the lost city of gold. Sure. Uh, Honestly. And it turns out to be aliens. Andy's mission was so buried in those in those car explosions. Oh, I know. It doesn't even matter. It's like <laughs> he I had no fucking idea. Honestly, I was tracking this when it was Dr. Jones in the beginning. And later I had forgotten entirely. I was like, what are we trying to get? Why? What's the problem again? What are we doing here? It just got I don't know, maybe that was me and just the fact that this just isn't it's just not my thing, which I guess, are we ready to move into ratings? Speaking of. I, I think we are. So, yeah, I, ge- I gave this a 6 out of 10 because I'm I just not that invested in the plot. Like I'm saying, right? Yeah. Like, I, I like the indies on a mission. Um, but there is way too much, like, repetitive action here to push me over a 6. Like, I just was, I was bored. It wasn't a bad movie. Like I say, the writing worked. Like, there were parts of it that worked. It was just... There was so much action. I Lucas, honestly, might have been my problem. But it it didn't yeah. do it for me. I mean, that's that's fair. I mean, I I my score is actually barely different. I gave it a six point seven five out of ten. And the only thing that gave it that little bit of seven point five is the music and um the opening scene. Cause it is just so fucking iconic. It's made yeah. fun of by so many things. And it is great. Yeah, it is. But I, I have to agree with you. Like, it does go on for way too long um, at times. There are a lot of things that just didn't need to be there. Um, but it is obviously a classic, and I do love the movie. Um, where I actually really take a major issue with this movie is the villains. Yeah. Um. I actually gave the villains a five out of 10 and honestly, like again, while I can appreciate like the Nazis and like an era based film, cause it's 1936. This is like the height of the rise of the third Reich. And they're looking for all this shit. 
um, the main villain actually is Belloc, the, the rival archaeologist, because he's looking for everything that Jones is looking at or looking for, but he's looking for them for the wrong reasons. And so it is yeah. really funny to kind of see like, yeah, he, he's good at his job, but <laughs> like all of his plans to find the Ark are waylaid by the Nazi party and their stupidity. Um, and then they, I mean, obviously they were meeting, they were digging in the wrong spot because they only had, uh, tots, uh, one side of his burned hand. So they could only like decipher that part of it, which that's not how burn wounds work. I just want you guys to know that stay safe. Don't try that at home, but that's not in any way, shape or form how burn wounds work. Um, that would have burned down to his bone. Uh, but the three, I think it is poetic justice that the three main villains, all died at the hands of the treasure that they were seeking. But my only problem is I would have liked Indy to beat Belloc himself. Yeah. And I agree that he's the better villain. Like as you're talking, I'm really feeling like this, this story would have done a lot better as like a Dan Brown book than Mm -hmm. this action again, I think. And maybe, I don't know, listeners definitely send us feedback and tell me if this is just like my taste interfering and it's like bias as fuck. But I really feel like the, the kind of intellectual thinky parts of this plot, like everything that you're talking about got so buried in this, in these like constant action scenes. I didn't have time to like try and solve a mystery, which I would have enjoyed to do, you know? So I, yeah, the villains and, and the Nazis, it didn't work. The other archaeologists would have been better. I gave them a three out of ten because I was like, I would have mm-hmm. been fine if this was just like Indy solving a puzzle and avoiding booby traps for two hours. I would have been down. Yeah. But, if it had been more along the lines of like, it, I think a Dan Brown book kind of does sum it up pretty well. If it had been right? like a puzzle solver, like exciting thing, like, yeah. I get it. It wouldn't have been the same movie, but it still would have been a little bit better than uh, yeah. maybe running on a little much. Like somebody's chasing you and it's exciting and that somebody also is smart and like trying to solve the same puzzle yeah. you are, but for a bad reason. And if they get it, like all your integrity goes out the window and D you better go fix it. Like I, that's, a, that's great. Um, but all of like the Nazis just were blowing stuff up too much. It was, and there were so fucking many of them. It was like this whole operation. It was just, there was way too much of the movie spent with them. I didn't need it. And what's ironic about all of this is that, like we said, like the concept of the Nazis going after mystical stuff is like historically accurate and really like a cool jumping off point to work from and there's lots of great examples of it that we went over and this just kind of yeah. like isn't great like this one kind of just fizzled out yeah. yeah this did not work for me from a villain standpoint but <laughs> but overall it was totally fine it was yeah i wasn't super impressed by this um but yeah but it it's a thing that exists for sure it was a movie well and I think a big part of it too is like I grew up watching these. So these were on all the time. I watched them like constantly. But if you weren't around them and you're kind of watching them as an older like viewer now, it does make sense that there are too many flaws to find with them that you couldn't just enjoy it as a movie. Like I watch it and I'm just like, ha, that guy got killed by the airplane. Oh, this is the part where he lands on the King Cobra. Oh, they're digging in the wrong place. But like there are still tons of plot holes in this movie and still like tons of major things wrong with it. But I mean, for me, it's just like an enjoyable 
on in the background kind of movie. I would yeah. never do that to Crusade, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. That movie is great from start to finish. I'm stoked to get there because I do seem to remember liking that better. I don't know. These were always on at Aaron's house. They were always on, mm. and, I've, and I was always like along for the ride, right? I like would have yeah. been happier if we'd put on like another, like an animated movie or something, right? But these were always on, and I was just sort of there for it. And I do remember the last one being better, but it's been it's been twenty years, for sure. Like, yeah, I think I think it's been more than twenty years, and I'm excited yeah, and to get to the the end of this and to see that that honestly, the new one sounds great. I'm like, let's go, let's go, Shallow Buff. I don't, I mean, I don't fucking know. Um, the fucking train wreck. <laughs> I can't wait to get there. So I am, I am kind of stoked that we're going to do all of these indie movies because who fucking knows. Um, but speaking of things that we're going to do. Yep. What's coming up? Lindsay? Well, apart from my niece, who is the most important and perfect thing in the world. Oh yeah. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. No, Obviously. For all of us. Apart from Mira, who is the most important thing. Um, yep. The second most important thing in the world is that the Wheel of Time comes out this Friday on November 19th. Mm. And I never thought I would put that second to anything. So it's, it's baby's really awesome. Yep. Um, but the Wheel of Time does come out on Friday. We are going to have reviews of the first three episodes out on Saturday. I don't know how many episodes it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be two or three or whatever, but we're going to talk about all of them. And it'll be full spoilers for the first three episodes, but not book spoilers. Um, Correct. It yeah. will be show only. Yeah, but it'll be for everything. Like, I definitely do not anticipate us having like an episode one before we watch episode two. That's fucking not happening. Yeah. Let me be clear. No, I have to watch them all and then go from there. Yeah. So we will have that out on the 20th, probably towards like the early side of the evening. Once we have everything done, we're going to get out as soon as we can. So heads up for that. And then then we're going to have a little bit of a break because of Thanksgiving next week in this, for those mm -hmm. of us who are in the States. So we actually aren't going to have anything out again until November 28th when we'll have the wheel of time episode four. So yep. we're going to be pretty much all wheel of time slash eating Turkey over here, but oh, yeah. we are excited to announce um, the Dalmatians extravaganza, which is coming. Um, yeah. We should have that out December 1st. And that's at the request of one of our listeners and the request was just for 101 Dalmatians, but we're going to pull out the temp pad and just do all of the Dalmatians. All of the iterations. The show, Cruella, Glenn Close's live action movie. All the, the original, crazy sequels. Yeah. Uh, plus, oh, what's God. the... Uh... Oh, no, that was... Never mind. Sorry. I was something different. Um, all the Dalmatian shit, though, we're going to do. Yep. And that'll be awesome. And then... And then we'll then we be back. At, oh, wait, that's not part of it. What the fuck? Oh, sorry. No, that's uh, that's something that's shared over from my personal calendar. <laughs> it's one of my, one, I have a doctor's appointment. It's like, and then we're interviewing Susan. And who the <laughs> fuck? Like... No, no. Susan's my therapist. <laughs> oh, awesome. She can come on. Yeah, Susan would love to come on the pod. She's very supportive of it. <laughs> That did. I noticed that when I put that on my calendar this week, I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck it." Um, yeah, at eleven a.m. on the second, um, I'm in therapy, and then we have Return of the Jedi on the third. But that is when we'll be back to our regularly scheduled timeline. We'll be on the third, yep. um, and then 
And then we go into, then it's December and we're going to continue on with the Wheel of Time and with our regularly scheduled timeline stuff, we'll have a Christmas episode towards the end of that month. Um, mm -hmm. Spider-Man's going to come out. Hopefully the trailer's ready and we can go watch it right now. It's not. I think we got about 13 minutes. Yeah, fuck. Well, damn. We should have burned some more time talking about E.T. Would have been trailer time. I know. The fuck. Um, <laughs> but stick with us, guys. It's going to be super. We're doing a lot of cool stuff. I'm really excited for Wheel of Time. So I hope to see everybody here on Sunday, the 20th, for the review of the first three episodes. Um, if you guys have any feedback, if you want to guest star on an episode, if you have a request, send us an email at gobehindthetimeline at gmail.com. And you can find us on Twitter at Behind Timeline and on Instagram at Go Behind the Timeline, where I will be more active now that my new computer has arrived. So yeah, look forward. The computer is so dope. Too. The computer is so dope, guys. Like, the... if you guys were wondering, yeah, Lindsay's been hooked up. Yeah, I have, and big... not by me. No, by me. But, yeah, by herself. <laughs> I'm a badass bitch like that. Yep. Um. Although I do want you guys to know. And I, I should have said this at the beginning. And this is, I'm going to put you on the spot right now, Lindsay, because I'm. That's I, all right. Burn I, time till the Spider Man trailer, Scott. I know. I love embarrassing my friends. And <laughs> you're a very good friend of mine. And so, in the spirit of all the exciting things that have happened this year, I felt that Lindsay needed something very special for her home. Oh my God. To remind her of all of the awesome things that she has done for me for this podcast, for all the things she does for you guys with Instagram. For all of the awesome things that she is a super strong, badass person for enduring throughout the year. And so I felt she needed, if it, if you guys aren't aware, Lindsay loves Winnie the Pooh. I do. She loves, she just loves him. And I actually happen to as well. Not so much as she does, but like I do, I, I grew up with Winnie the Pooh. And a very special relationship with Pooh Bear. True story. Um, And I talk about him all the time and I talk about how I collect Funko Pops and shit. And Lindsay has made a couple of comments about like, oh, I want to get this or I want to get like one or the other. And so I took it upon myself to, to, and this is not me like vamping myself up, although I am doing a really good job of it. <laughs> but, um, I felt like the best way to show my appreciation for everything that Lindsay has done is uh, an autographed Winnie the Pooh Funko Pop from Jim Cummings. It's so. Yeah. It was like the most, like the sweetest and most thoughtful gift I've ever received. Like, honest to God, I love him. He sits in a place of honor on the shelf. I love my, uh, my Funko Pop. My Pooh Bear from Scott is the <laughs> best thing ever. And I will also say that I have, I have gotten Scott a Funko Pop for Christmas. Um, yeah, with the fucking colluding help <laughs> of my girlfriend who refused to tell me anything. So, yep. yep. And I, I threatened her with eviction, <laughs> and so now I sleep on the couch. But <laughs> I had her double check that you didn't already have this Funko Pop, mm -hmm. and uh, and if you did, I would not fucking know what to say. And while Scott got me like a very, really, really like thoughtful, sentimental Funko Pop that like really means the world to me, um, the one that I got him is just fucking ridiculous and hilarious, Hell and yeah. I cannot wait. Like in no way should you be expecting like. Like, oh, it is I'm the expecting... most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my fucking life. Dude, I'm just fucking stoked. <laughs> like, because... if you already had this, I don't know what I was going to do. Like, <laughs> I... <laughs> but I, I stumbled upon it at one point looking for stuff um, for the podcast. And I was like, what the fuck? 
So look forward to sharing that with listeners when when Sky. I will. I will post it onto the Instagram. I'll post it on my Instagram once I get it. When we get closer to Christmas time. It's absurd. I can't wait for you to see it. I'm so so excited. But God, so you know, and until we do see you guys on the twentieth for the only thing that matters in the world, other than my (laughs) perfect niece and the Spider-Man trailer, is the Wheel Mm -hmm. of Time. Um. And we'll see you guys there for that. We hope you enjoyed us burning some time waiting for that Spider-Man trailer. And uh, and stay nerdy. And we'll see you guys on Saturday. See you guys.